1: and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today.
2: As a pastor, and this is unending, everywhere you look, we meet people who are up against impossible situations. And it is our natural inclination to want to help you we really do the problem is how can we help so many people and so it was from that burden that I uh, the Lord put upon my heart and my mind Dudley you need to put together a book or series or something that can help people who are really up against impossible situations and back up a little bit further. My favorite number in the whole world is the number seven. And the reason for that is that the number seven, and I'm not really into numerology, but the number seven has is, is always been considered the Lord's number. Number six is the number for man. But seven was always considered to be the Lord's number. It was the number of perfection, a number of completion. It stands for the, it stands, it's a number of blessing. going back where i'm working on this series thinking i need to come up with a series where we can help people up against an incredible wall i knew one thing it had to have seven chapters and so then i began to read the bible and it wasn't that easy because the number seven is in the bible 457 times the number seven is throughout the entire bible which we'll get to that later on when we get to chapter seven i'll talk more about the number seven I, i i just wanted you to know that i knew the series had to have seven and so i began to read through the bible looking for a text now again many many stories in the bible that have the number seven it's from the beginning to the end and so but eventually i came to this story in joshua chapter six the story of joshua in the battle of jericho and there are several reasons why i landed on that story first of all it's one of the oldest stories in the entire bible it took place nearly 4,000 years ago, and the number seven is written throughout the entire story. And so when you look at this series that we're doing, there that's kind of the history of how we got here, okay? And in and, and the next seven weeks, it's going to take us seven weeks, the next seven weeks, the series is going to focus on three core things. Principles, Core principle number one. Uh, and this is it. Write this down. This story is a story of victory against all odds. You see, the Bible, as I mentioned, is full of stories that deal with the number of seven. But the Bible is also full of stories of people who faced unimaginable odds and were victorious. In other words, they found themselves up against a wall. They found themselves up against an impossible situation, and yet they were victorious. I'll give you several examples. One is Abraham and Sarah in Genesis chapter 21. God had promised them in their old age that they would one day have children that would outnumber the stars of the sky but they're in their 80s, and they still have no children. 81, no children. 82, no children. This is an impossible situation. 84, 85, 86, no children. And finally, the Bible says, when Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90, they gave birth to a son named Isaac against all odds. You have the story of Joseph, beginning in Genesis chapter 37, running to verse 41, who Joseph was sold as a young boy. He was thrown into a pit by his brothers and left to die. He was eventually taken out of the pit and sold into slavery. But against all odds, this young boy grew to become second in command over all of egypt second to pharaoh alone a story of incredible odds you have the story of gideon in judges chapter 7 who goes to fight the midianites now we don't know the exact number of how many uh, men were in the midianite army we know it was several thousands hundreds of thousands the very lowest number that we have is a hundred and thirty-five thousand soldiers Gideon in Judges 7, he only has 300. And against all odds, his 300 men defeat the Midianite army of 135,000 soldiers against all odds. You have the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He's just a shepherd boy. He's 12, 13 years of age. And yet he goes up against a giant who's almost 10 feet tall. David is just a wee little lad and all he has is a slingshot and five smooth stones but against all odds he defeats the giant from Gath named Goliath and all God's people said and Daniel was just a boy when they threw him into the lion's den they threw Daniel into a den of hungry lions he wasn't supposed to live but perhaps for a few moments but he lived the next day to tell the story How God, against all odds, delivered him. And on and on it goes. In Luke 17, the story of the ten lepers whose skin and disease was cleansed. And we have Peter in Acts chapter 12 who walks out of a secured prison. And we have the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11 who God raised from the dead even though he'd been in the grave for several days. And then you have this story of Jericho, Joshua in the battle of Jericho. It's a story of victory against all odds. And all God's people said. Now let's turn to Joshua chapter 6. Let me give you the background as we read. Israel had been in bondage for 400 years. Everybody say 400 years. They were down there in Egypt. And God chose a man by the name of Moses to deliver them out of Egypt. We're not talking about 100 Israelites or 1,000 Israelites. We're talking about 2 million people. Moses leads two million people out of Egypt. It should have taken them only a couple of weeks to get to Israel, the land that we know today as Israel. But as soon as they got out of Egypt, the people started to complain. I don't know why church people complain. But they're always complaining. You think of any group on the face of this planet that just would never complain would be children of God. But the children of God so often complain more than anybody else. Well, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna drink? What happens if they come get us? It's hot out here in the desert. There's too many snakes. What are we doing here? And God got so upset with their sin and so upset with their complaining, he had just miraculously delivered them. They should have been nothing but grateful. And so God says, because of your sin, you're going to wander around in the desert again for another 40 years, for 40 years. And so now it's been 440 years, and now they're right up against the threshold of entering into the land that was flowing with milk and honey, the land that we know is the promised land. And the gateway city is Jericho. They've got to defeat Jericho to get inside the land now if they don't defeat jericho they're not getting in now look at chapter 6 verse 1 it says that jericho everyone say jericho it was tightly shut up because of the israelites no one went out and no one came in it's the first hint that we get that there was a wall around the city but i want you to know this write this down there wasn't just one wall archaeologists have discovered it was a double-walled city I actually have a diagram of it in the book because one wall was here and another wall was up a little bit above it. And so this wall was like 26 feet. This wall was like 26 feet roughly. And so if you got over this wall, you had to get over the second wall. And and so the Bible says it was tightly shut up, which means all the doors were locked. All right. Everybody's afraid of everybody. Now look at verse 3. And these are the instructions that God gives to Joshua, all right? Not the people. He's, God is explaining this to Joshua because Joshua is the one who's now in charge. And here are the directions in verse 3. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Verse 4. Have seven. There's the first number of time we see seven. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark and on the seventh day you march around the city seven times there's that number seventy seven i found this out just a few months ago i'm actually seventy seven inches tall i'm six foot five it's exactly seventy seven inches tall you think about that for a minute so then he says in verse five when you hear the priest sound the trumpets you hear the long blast on the trumpets have all the people give a loud shout and then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up every man straight in all right now god's talking to who to joshua now the next few verses from verses 6 to 10 joshua goes and explains the instructions to the people starting with verse 11 the people carry out the instructions so he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city circling it once and then the people returned to camp and spent the night there skip down to verse 14 so on the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp they did this for six days and here it is on verse 14 on the seventh day on verse 15 on the seventh day they got up at daybreak and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner except that on that day they circled the city seven times verse 16 the seventh time around when the priests sounded the trumpet blast Joshua commanded the people to shout for the Lord has given you this city Skip all the way down to verse 20, when the trumpets sounded and the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so every man charged straight in, and they took the city, and we could add the words, against all odds. Now, ladies and gentlemen, all over this room right now are people who are up against impossible situations. It is my prayer for you that over these next seven weeks, if you're here in church, you're in that life group, you're studying through the material, and as we study the details of where God brought victory to Joshua against all odds, it is my prayer that God will bring you victory, no matter what you're going through, that God will bring you victory against all odds. That's my prayer for you. Secondly, it's a story of promise against all fears. Well, the story of Joshua in the battle of Jericho is not just a story of victory over all odds. It's a story of promise over all of our fears because at deep, deep inside of everything that we're afraid of, it's a fear of the unknown. We're afraid of what's going to happen. No, looking back, hindsight is what. What is hindsight? 2020, right? But here's what I want you to know: as a Christian, as a believer, it's not just hindsight is 2020. Foresight can be 2020. Go, what are you talking about? Well, if you're a Christian, foresight can be 2020 if you're living your life based on the promises of God. Because before Jericho had ever fallen, God had already assured uh, Joshua that victory was assured before it ever took place. So Joshua should have had foresight. And if you have foresight 2020, you have absolutely nothing to fear. Take your Bible and go back to chapter 1. I'll show it to you. All right we as christians need to have a whole new phrase because when i say hindsight everyone says 2020. we need to start saying foresight is what that's what we need to start a whole new phrase all right i like that let me read three verses joshua 1 uh this is this is way before joshua 6 okay this is joshua 1 moses has died uh, god again is talking to joshua look at verse 5 Re- read three verses god says no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's all Joshua really needed, isn't it? But God goes even further. Look at verse 6. Be strong. And be courageous. No no need to be fearful. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it from the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go now go back over to joshua chapter 6 go back to joshua chapter 6 we looked at the first verse that the gates of the city everything was tightly shut up and now it's time and now there are some people that are probably going to be nervous but look what god says in verse 2 i skipped over verse 2 when we read this earlier verse 2 says then the lord said to joshua see I. Who's I? Who's I? God. The I am that I am. God. The everlasting God. The, the creator God. The all powerful God. See, I. God. He says, look in verse 2. I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Before you ever take one step, before you ever take one lap, before ever one shout is shouted, before ever any yell is yelled, before any trumpet is sounded, he has already promised Joshua total and complete victory. Joshua had absolutely nothing to fear. All he had to do was hold on to the promises of the Word of God. And in the same way, you and I as Christians need to, no matter what we're up against, instead of being fearful, we need to hold on to the promises that are found in the Word of God. And if you knew, if you knew, if you could see heaven and what you're going to have for all of eternity... What in the world could earth do to you to cause you to be fearful about anything if you knew in your heart that you were one day going to live there forever and ever? You'd have nothing to fear on this earth. Because, because foresight is 2020 for a Christian. I want you to write this down. You see, they, they, they had reason to be afraid because back in Numbers, it said that they're too big and they're too strong and they're too tall. And so they had a choice to make. They could either uh, drown in fear or they could what I call dance in freedom. They could drown in that fear or they could dance in freedom. And the same is true with you today. As you're up against impossible situations, you're either going to drown in fear or holding on to the promises of God, you can dance in freedom. Number three, quickly, this series is going to give you a perspective against all foes. What we did in the book and in the series, we want you to imagine that you're in the line with the soldiers. We want you to feel the dirt in your toes. We want you to walk around and see the walls of Jericho. And what we want you to do is to be, in a sense, as we give you one principle for every day. So I walked around, I have one thought for one day, okay? So the thought for this week, and I'm not going to go into it because it's going to be in the life group. That's where you're going to go into it. But week one, day one, principle one, write this down, is to focus on the greatness of God rather than the size of your problem. That's day one. Imagine you're there that day and you're in the crowd and you're walking, you're marching, and you're looking at the walls. Whoa, we're not getting in. It's impossible because there's one wall here and there's one wall here. And by the time we get up over that 26-foot high wall, just to get over it, they're going to be up there shooting arrows down on us. We're going to be like sitting ducks down there. There's no way. Look at us and look at the walls. And the point is, if you can get your eyes off the wall and instead look at the greatness of God, the walls immediately shrink. You see that? So if you have a marriage right now and you're walking around, you're looking at your marriage every day you just walk man my marriage is it's the worst marriage it's never gonna work i got this problem you're looking at the wrong thing you gotta look at god and the greatness of god the power of god the strength of god and as you look at god you would then realize that there is not a single problem in your marriage that god does not have the power to help you overcome But you see, God knows your name. He holds this universe in the palm of his hand. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He sees when the sparrow falls. He sees every tear. He understands your prayer. He hears every prayer. Listen, he said, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. And you and I need to trust, write this down, that God is greater than everything he's greater he's greater than everything and so for these next seven days whatever your problem is I want you not focused on your problem focus on the greatness of God let's stand God may there be someone here today oh God they are drowning in fear they're drowning in problems drowning in stress drowning in addictions drowning in debt god help us to be so focused on you and to know that as joshua and the israelites won the battle at jericho that we too can be victorious over any problem in our life and it begins this is not this is just the first step just the first step is to focus on the greatness of god we pray in jesus name
1: The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, he would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing his people to take possession of the promised land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and received your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.